May glory welcome in your homes. Thank you. First, I'll take this off. Just bear with me. Keep my eyes on. <laughs> well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are joining us today and don't know me, my name is Lori Dexter. Uh, there's a saying that goes, I'm old enough to know better, young enough not to care, and experienced enough to do it right. So I'm not going to tell you my age. Uh, I'm excited to be here today, although a little nervous. Well, who am I kidding? I'm really nervous. Um, so best part of being, I guess, with no members in the churches, nobody can throw anything at me if I go too long, I don't think. <laughs> um, just a little bit about my background. Uh, I'm a wife and I'm a very proud mama of the most handsome, intelligent, hardworking, compassionate, 26-year-old son you'll ever want to meet. Sorry. We <laughs> um, all feel the same. Yes, right. I'm a former uh, self-employed interior decorator and now a teacher's assistant. Uh, I won't go into all that now because that's a whole other story and testimony. And I'm also not a speaker. Um, I'm also the daughter of a pretty fierce, godly, influenced praying mom, which I believe is why I'm here today. Amen. And there's a story that kind of goes with that. She told me uh, a little bit, well, probably two or three years ago now that before I was born, the doctors, she had an appointment or just before I was born, the doctors came in and said to her that I may be born with a birth defect, physical. And of course, mom being a young pregnant mom at the time, I believe she was 17 when she got saved, uh, she did, wasn't having no part of that. So what did she do? She prayed. And she said to the, to the Lord, she said, Lord, if you would make sure that my daughter will be born healthy. I will say, I will um, worship you and live with, for you for the rest of my life. And she did. Her prayers were answered and I was healthy. Amen. <clears throat> um, before I dig in, I'd like to get someone, maybe Pastor Bray or someone, just to pray over. I know you kind of already did, but I'm going to ask you again before I speak if you would please we're taught as pastors we have to be able to preach pray and die at a moment's notice <laughs> please bow your heads for just a moment dear heavenly father we thank you for this chance to come together and we ask that you would be with Lori right now as she enters into this message mm -hmm. now that you would just be in this place and that you would be with all those who are watching online or listening online and God, we ask that you would be present with those gathered around the world this day in your name. Bring to us a sense of peace of understanding. In your name we pray these things. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Greg. So they say the starting with an icebreaker helps settle the nerves. We'll see. Um, so I'm going to start off by telling a joke. Um, it involves a Sunday, Sunday school teacher and a little boy who was in her class named Sandy. So the Sunday school teacher says, tell me Sandy, do you say prayers before Eden? 
I'm just going to throw my beavers on the floor after I get done with them. <laughs> and Sandy answers back, no, ma'am, I don't have to. My mom's a great cook. <laughs> Cheesy, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so when I was asked to present the Mother's Day message today, at first I was hesitant. Um, I was thinking, what would I say? I was already worked up, and I hadn't even said no, but yes at this point. Um, so I prayed about it, and most almost instantly the Lord said, or I felt him telling me that what I needed to do, it needed to, to involve encouragement, um, to be an encourager. I was like, okay, you lead the way, Lord. Um, so who are your encouragers? Um, some could be your best friend, some could be a co-worker, um, could be your child, could be your mom. Um, uh, first, I'd like to give a definition of what mothers means. That's okay, I don't need that one. So, the word mother in both the Hebrew and Greek is pretty simple. They both mean mother, but each has another interesting elaboration pointing to birth. In Hebrew, it adds parton, point of departure, division, and in Greek, we find source of something. Birth is the point of departure. When a child is born, the mother is the source, and a pardon or dividing occurs. A mother is one who gives life, or it doesn't have to be biological. It could be a mom that who, who has stepped up to the plate and taken on the role and responsibility of a child. <clears throat> the mother's role is to love her children unconditionally and to understand them. She is nurturing, selfless, always putting others first, helpful, an encourager, compassionate, forgiven, loving, kind, multitaskers, protectors, that's a lot, mm -hmm. teachers, they're honest, they're wise, they're responsible, they're someone who teaches you godly core value and principles, uh, like respect, someone you can count on, she's involved and available, uh, she also displays discipline but in a loving way, being consistent and firm. Uh, when a child is able to feel this, a child learns to trust and respect her. All of these things are important. They are all godly principles. Teaching our children these things early tells them and shows them who God really is. In these things, we can introduce him to, to them. A mother is also one who's not afraid to tell you the truth. That not, this, is, this is my mom's advice. People, there will always be people who let you down because we're human, but God will never, ever let you down. <clears throat> okay. Get my place here just a moment. So uh, I actually asked one of my friends to share with me, without using names, what their mom meant to them and what they thought of a mom. So like Val, I got it on my phone. <laughs> Give me a moment, it's on my pictures. We use our phones for everything. Okay. So my friend said, what my mom means to me. She is loyal, brave, and fearless. She has defended and advocated and protected. She is never too busy and loves us unconditionally. She not only raised us, she holds us in her arms and our sister in her heart. Her journey into motherhood began at 17. Her journey into friendship has lasted a lifetime. And she says, love you, mom. 
here's my definition of a mom. A mother is simply just a human being. She's ordinary, she's regular. She will always make mistakes, but will try her hardest to learn from them. However, to her child, she is a superhero. Amen. She will fail daily. She is on a journey and is learning day by day, sometimes hour by hour and minute by minute. A mother will be your greatest advocate and encourager. She will fight tooth and nail and go to the ends of the earth for her child. Most of all, she will love them unconditionally until her last breath. <clears throat> so be easy on her. She's following a journey just like you. Now, the Bible says a woman becomes a mother when she receives a gift from the Lord. The Greek word, now bear with me, philotechnes. Do you know that word, Pastor Brad? <laughs> okay. In the Bible, it means a mother's love. We learn something every day. A mother's love, which is different than all other types of love. So why is a mother's love so important? Well, because they are the first indication, indication of the sovereignty of God in our lives. Mothers teach us to have confidence. She knows from experience how important it is for people to believe in themselves in order for her children to be whole, strong, and grow with a healthy admiration of oneself. In the Bible, there are so many significant mothers, and some of these are. Number one, Eve, Adam's wife, the first mother mentioned in the Bible, the mother of all living, living or humankind. Sarah, the oldest mother, the mother who waited, the mother of Isaac. Hagar, the mother who endured, the mother of Ishmael. Rebecca, the mother who believed, the mother of Jacob. Rachel, mother of Joseph and Benjamin, and Leah, mother of six sons and one daughter, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, and Dina. And she was also part of the ancestry that led, the birth to, that led to the birth of Jesus. And I don't know how to pronounce this one, Jochebed, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D. Yeah. Say it again, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D. Okay. The mother with a plan, the mother of Moses, Naomi, mother of two sons, Jillian and Mahlon. Anna, always known as Anna, mother of Samuel. Elizabeth, the mother who believed in miracles. She was the mother of John the Baptist. And Eunice, mother of Timothy. And finally, the mother of Mary, uh, Mary the mother of Jesus, which is who I want to focus on. <clears throat> Uh, I often think about her, especially around Christmas and Easter. I wonder how Mary felt when told by the angel that she was favored. I mean, how did she feel knowing that she would be given birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world? What a huge responsibility. No normal baby, but God incarnate. I mean, who was Mary exactly? How old was she at the time of pregnancy? We don't know her exact age, but we can assume she was a teenager, 15 or older. We might ask, what kind of relationship did she have with her family? What kind of girl was she? What type of education did she enjoy? I bet she wondered, hey, will I ever do this? Will I be good enough? Would she be ready? These are all questions we, we as mothers who has followed her 
pays. Yet the Bible tells us her reaction was supreme calm. Her response was, was submissive, trusting, and faithful. She said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it to me according to your word. They paint a picture of her as a young, regular girl, though reserved, mature, and beyond her years. We can assume qualities of Mary were that she was brave, willing, humble, honest, and had wisdom. She was knowledgeable, responsible, relational, redeemed, and meek. Meek not as in mean and weakness, but meek meaning strength under control. These are all characteristics of Mary that can teach us to him today. Even with all those great qualities, we can speculate that Mary endured the same feelings and pressures as we do as mothers today, even though scripture doesn't say much about it. I'm sure she felt anxious right up until one week before giving birth. I can relate, and I'm sure you can too, when you found out when you were pregnant. I had all of those anxious, nervous feelings, wondering if I was ready or be good enough mother. I'll never forget the day when it finally came, December 20th, 1994, 26 years ago, when they put a little six pound, seven and a half ounce, little baby boy in my arms after waking up because I had a C-section. <laughs> I was the last one to meet him because I was put to sleep. I'll never forget as soon as I woke up what my first question was. I asked the nurses, what did I have? It wasn't a thing to find out back then whether what you were having, either a boy or a girl. That really ages me, doesn't it? <laughs> they told me I had a boy. They wheeled me up to my room where his dad, my husband, was there holding him in his arms. Then they put him in my arms. I was still groggy, but I'll never forget looking into those big, bright, white, bright, wide-eyed eyes staring right back at me. In fact, even now, when I look at him, that's what I see. Everything I'd been worrying about before went away. During all this, I had many encouragers. I had my friends and family, my co-workers at the time, and most of all, I had my mom as my greatest encourager. Scripture tells us Mary also had an encourager, her cousin Elizabeth. John the Baptist's mother, the one who would lead the way for Jesus. Elizabeth was the only one who knew at the time that Mary was pregnant and who it was to be. I'm sure it must have been difficult for Mary to leave her home far away from her family before it came time and then again in Bethlehem with her, just her and Joseph, when Jesus was born. We all need encouragers, don't we? I'm sure Mary's experience wasn't any different from you and me. I'm sure she experienced the messy, rewarding every day of motherhood, struggling to feed a baby when, she, when he or she wouldn't take, changing and washing dirty clothes, endless nights awake, bringing up new life in this world. I'm sure she was also Jesus' greatest encourager, right from birth. <clears throat> My son is 26, going on 27, on his own, and he's on his own. And I still have sleepless nights wondering if he's okay. I remember many times 
and I know Val said this <clears throat> already, checking to see if he was still breathing while he was asleep. And if he was still and if he was still living with me, I'd probably still be checking. <laughs> uh, Mary also went through suffering, heartache, pain and loss, just like we sometimes do, especially as she watched her little boy, now a man, being crucified and humiliated on the cross. In this, we realize the fullness of humanity. I often wonder how she did it. I mean, like you and me, she was a mama bear too. I'm sure it was a supernatural power given to her by God, along with her faith and hope in his divinity that enabled it. We can relate and imitate Mary in our own lives by reaching out in love and in compassion to assist and comfort and encourage others who are suffering. We know Jesus demonstrated only the highest regard for women in both his life and teaching, especially to his mom Mary. He recognized their quality and continually showed the worth and dignity of women, moms, as persons. He valued their friendship, prayers, service, testimony, and their witness. We see how even in those final moments on the cross, how Jesus continued to see and take care of his mother Mary, making sure she would be cared for. I hope I'm not taking too much of your time. I promise it won't be much longer. No one has thrown anything at me yet. <laughs> Yet, yeah. <laughs> uh, while we know a mother has many important jobs, I wonder if you can tell me what the most important job for a mother is. And you know when you've been confirmed what you're speaking on when someone else says it during the service. It's to pray for her children, to pray every day without fail. Just so you know, never mess with a mama. That's right. Especially, never mess with a praying mom. Amen. Did you know the prayers of a mom are mighty? Mm -hmm. When we pray, we invite God to move. When we get on our knees, God extends his powerful right hand on our behalf. When we pray, the plans of the enemy, Satan, fails against our children. Prayer is our greatest offensive weapon. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of darkness of this world, against evil, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. The impression that a praying mom leaves on her children is lifelong. Amen. This brings me to the most important thing, though, that you can pray for your children, is to pray for their salvation. Amen. To pray without ceasing, a mother who knows Jesus and has him in her heart knows how important this is. Her prayer is that they would choose to give their hearts over to him. That they would put their trust 
into the one who created them, they would choose to follow Jesus. Let us pray. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You breathe life in us. I praise you because all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your eyes saw my unformed body. You knew us even before we were born. Your plans for us are good. In you, we can have a future and a hope. You will hold us in the palm of your mighty hand. All the days ordained for us were written in your book before one of them came to be. <clears throat> God, there are so many moms out there, and I want to acknowledge them all. And I ask all those listening to join with me in unity. Lord, I pray for all those working moms, all those stay-at-home moms, single or married. I pray for those foster moms. I pray for those waiting to be moms. I pray for moms battling things or having struggles for whatever reason. I pray for all those moms far away from their children and those children far away from their moms. I pray for those moms who feel like they've failed but are trying their best. I pray for those moms who have suffered loss of any kind. I pray for those moms of a prodigal child. I also pray for the children of those moms who are no longer with us. Lastly, I pray for those moms whose children have grown and out on their own, who no longer feel they have a purpose. Lord, this world tells us our identity is how we measure up in our appearances, our achievements, especially as a mom, or the approval of others. Let her know her identity isn't in any of those, but instead her identity is found in who you say she is, and who you say she is precious and adored, forgiven, redeemed, worthy, and worth more than rubies or gold. Lord, I have encountered all of these months, and I am one of them, mentioned, and I pray, and I'm saying, I pray I'm saying it already. Lord, being a mom myself, I pray for each situation that you would give us strength and wisdom, peace, hope, perseverance. Help us to always be advocates for our children. Help us to reach out to you, our Creator, you, our Heavenly Father. Help us, Lord, to also count our many blessings, each and every day. When we count them, when we count our blessings, they will always outweigh the bad. And kiddos out there, don't take your moms for granted. Honor and respect her. Your mom will always be your biggest champion. She will always be your greatest encourager. Thank you, Jesus, in your name.
Thank you, Lori. That was a beautiful Mother's Day message. And I enjoyed it a whole lot, very much. And like Lori said, the greatest thing we can do is to pray for our children and to love them. And you know, we can love because God first loved us. And we're just going to sing the first and the last verse of the love of God because God's love is so great and so wonderful. He's an example of what us mothers should follow. And so join in if you know the song, The Love of God.